Welcome to the Postpartum Coach Podcast, where we embrace our needs as moms, we learn to lead ourselves first, then our families, and where we create our own healing from the inside out to find our way to the work we were meant to do in this world. I'm your host, a fellow mom of three, and a certified life coach, Lizzie Langston. This is a spur-of-the-moment bonus episode. I'm wanting to offer some thoughts, some health tips, and just anything that I can to those of you who are struggling in postpartum anxiety um, with scary thoughts that won't leave you alone about maybe what could happen to your family, if you guys caught the coronavirus, about the state of our country right now, about um, preparedness and everything that sort of encompasses what we are mutually together all going through right now. So I'm going to do a little bit of talk about coaching, a little bit of calling attention to just reminding you and the logical, more grounded side of your brain, if there is one right now, right? I know some some of us are very sort of disturbed. Um, so wherever this podcast episode catches you, I'm hoping that this is my contribution. It's for free. Please share it with anyone who just could use some support. We're going to talk a little bit of spiritual Um Maybe if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, I might reference, um, you know, things specifically to that church. But hopefully, I, my, my hope is that you guys come away with a little bit of education, first of all. Second of all, I want you to be able to step back and really just question um, where authority is in your life right now. Is it on the news? Is it within you? Um and really helping you understand. I, I, I'm, I'm really not going to be pushing my biases personally. I'm showing up in a coaching space tonight. And with you, I just want to help you feel more in control, more settled. Um, that doesn't mean I'm not, I'm, you know, we're not talking about preparing. We for sure can and probably will, but, um, just basically preparedness minus the feeling of chicken, like a chicken with her head cut off running around, right? Just crazy without the craze, craziness. So um, hopefully that's how this goes. Okay, I'm gonna just start off by talking about some typical circumstances that you may or may not have found yourself in so far with the coronavirus pandemic, okay? So I don't even like to use that word, sorry. I know it's technically true, pandemic, right? Technically true, here pretty shortly, or maybe he already did announce President Trump about national emergency. Um, um, but I want you to know, the first thing I want to tell you is that just because specific phrases or language is true, just because certain diagnoses or statistics are true, doesn't mean it serves you and your health and your mental health and your preparedness to focus on and think about those things. I'm not saying resist, avoid, pretend it's all roses and daisies, but what I'm offering today here is let's gather awareness about your thoughts in your mind related to coronavirus and make sure that you are thinking strategically to create the feelings and the actions and the tone 
and the result that you want in your life as we go through this, as you go through this with your family. So that's going to be different for everyone. I'm going to be offering thoughts tonight, but just remember that the coronavirus itself, right? The little, like if you think about in your science books, in your whatever classes in college, high school, and you saw what a virus actually was and how it spreads and da, 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 da. like that is just doing its thing. It's a little organism on earth getting into people's bodies, some people's, not everyone's, and it's doing what it's meant, made to do. It's, it's just unraveling its DNA in your body, whatever, right? And maybe that's like triggering for you. You're like, oh no, was he stop gross? But what I'm trying to say is that the coronavirus itself isn't, it doesn't have power to create emotions within you. It's literally not operating on that level, right? It's just in your physical, and it's not in your physical body, presumably. It's just a physical microorganism. Whereas your emotional response is created through your thinking. So I'm going to go through the common things that you might've been witnessing at your local grocery store or getting emails about canceled events, things like this. And we're going to talk about what your brain is likely making it mean. The thoughts your brain is likely attaching to and thinking, which are creating your feelings currently. And then we're going to explore some other options and just kind of play with how if circumstances are neutral, Maybe the thoughts we're thinking about the coronavirus aren't actually as true as we think they are, even though they feel so important and they feel so urgent and real. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. So it might feel a little trippy, but here we go. Okay, the first thing I want you to imagine if you haven't seen it or remember if you have is walking through the grocery store and seeing other people, or maybe you are the person wearing masks, possibly even some gloves, right? So I want you to imagine this. Now this isn't completely crazy, right? Because we do have people who do this even when it's not this time with coronavirus, but maybe it's happening a lot more than normal. Maybe they have a like crazy look in their eye, you know, they're walking super fast and like not wanting to touch you. Who knows? Whatever you've witnessed, just take a moment and notice what was your thought when you saw that, that thing, that whatever it was, whether it was a mask, your first experience when it just sort of hit you, how seriously the country is taking the coronavirus right now and all the measures, what was your thought? Okay. And whatever that thought was, just notice that it's there. Notice that, that it's separate from what you actually saw. I know that's so crazy, right? Because our brain quickly so quickly and so readily attaches our thought to that circumstance, like Velcro, it's like, boom. So we see the circumstance and automatically it it is scary. It doesn't just, we're not like, oh, we think it's scary. Like, no, we're like, it is scary. But just notice that there is a thought and that you do just think whatever you thought. Okay. So for me, when I saw this, I was like, wow, they must be really concerned Like, this is so surreal. Some other thoughts that might go through one's head is like, oh my gosh. That's a thought, by the way. Oh my gosh. Um, This is scary. Like, this is getting ridiculous. Or I'm scared. Okay. 
So all of these are thoughts that you might have. Now, take this same circumstance. We're going to play a little bit with some different thoughts. Okay, so you're walking through the grocery store. You see a mom and a couple kids. This just happened to me, actually. We were driving home from uh, Arizona back to Colorado, passed through New Mexico. And sorry, if you hear yelling and whining, it's a puppy. We have a new puppy. And I, because this is spur of the moment, there's like no childcare happening, right? Like my kids are in bed, but it's just my family life in the background. Don't worry about it. But anyway, um, yeah, so I saw this mom and her two kids and they had masks on and really honestly, because I'd been on spring break, break, spring break vacation at my mom's house for a week, I hadn't really been out in public. We mostly lounged around the pool, stayed home and ate oranges. I didn't turn on the news. Um, this was kind of, for me, it was shocking. I think my thought was, uh, people are really worrying. Like people are afraid maybe. And that's obviously a thought. That's just an assumption, right? That's not necessarily even why they had their masks on. But do you see how there is a thought? So some other thoughts we could put onto this circumstance of seeing people take measures like gloves and masks is, yeah, these are humans who, who are taking actions from feelings that they are feeling. This is a time of extra vigilance. This is what healthcare looks like to these people. And that's their choice. This is possibly a really good thing. Maybe you're like, Lizzie, you're crazy. Why don't you have a mask on? So yeah. So there's just notice how the tone of your thoughts creates your total experience of a circumstance. And I just wanted to paint a picture of some other ones that are available to you. Let's go to the next circumstance you guys might've come across, right? So you're in the grocery store again, you're seeing empty shelves, right? You go to find something that you really wanted to get and it's gone. You, you can't have it, or you have to go to a different grocery store, but let's say you go to two or three grocery stores. I'm pretty sure this has happened to at least some of us at this point, you go to a couple, two, three grocery stores, still can't find it. What are your thoughts going to be? Or maybe what have your thoughts been? If you don't follow me on Instagram, I'd love to hear your comments about this. I'm at Lizzie Langston, L-I-Z-Z-I-E-L-A-N-G-S-T-O-N, all one word. So that's um, my postpartum coach account on Instagram. And please, um, come find me and comment on my stories. I'm going to be posting once I get this published that I did this episode and you can come, you know, share, DM me. We can start a conversation. But anyway, um, so what would your thoughts be? For me, it would be a little bit of, oh my gosh, I'm a little late. (laughs) Like I'm so underprepared. I do find myself thinking that one a lot. Like I have some food storage I have some sanitizing wipes. I've got hand sanitizer, but I don't have it in bulk supply. I didn't like freak out and go buy a ton, which is fine. I'm not, I totally don't criticize anyone that did. And maybe it wasn't from a place of freak out, but, um, so yeah, I think I do think sometimes I'm not that prepared. I'm kind of late to the game, but I notice when I think that I feel this pit in the bottom of my stomach that makes me want to like yell at my kids if they say anything, because I just have zero energy to help them because I'm just stuck in my head of like, I'm, I'm not more righteous. Um, I haven't done my part. I haven't been as obedient as I could have been. And so I could argue that those things are true. I don't really think they are. I think I'm as prepared as I need to be. And if I do need to be more prepared, I can make that happen. 
I actually buy subscription-based soaps for my family through doTERRA. I buy toilet paper, hand sanitizer, and um, cleansing wipes, like the anti-whatever cleansing wipes from Grove Collaborative. So like these are things that aren't getting wiped out, presumably. I could be wrong about that. Um, So, but anyway, it's just so interesting how what I actually prefer to say to myself. So if this is some of you, if you're like, oh, I'm not as responsible of an adult or I'm not listening to the prophet's voice when he told us to get food storage all those years ago, whatever. Um, just focus on what you have done and what you can do. And notice that it's absolutely optional to make your level of preparedness mean negative things about you. And if you do that or when you have done that, does it help you, right? Like for me, it created this pit in my stomach. I was snapping at my kids for the minute or two that I was kind of just stewing in that. And I was like, you know, I don't, I don't really choose to believe that. The crazy thing is like, we don't even realize how much power we have. If I choose to believe that I'm as prepared as I need to be, like I create that. It's not like there's this alternate reality that goes on that I'm not aware of that I'm blind to, which is that I'm actually not that prepared. Like when you change your thought, you change your course of action. You change your reality because through that thought, you create a feeling and people don't realize feelings are like the gasoline in our fuel tank as human beings. Feelings are the motivation. They're why we don't do things so that we don't have to feel embarrassed so that we don't have to feel humiliated, humiliated. They are why we do do things so that we can feel satisfied. So we can feel loved or feel sexy. Like everything we do or don't do is feelings. Feelings are everything. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. So your thoughts create those, those, that energy to make change, to create. It's, I think it's a creative force. Feelings can be. And you create from the feelings. And your feelings are created from your thoughts. And so your thoughts are literally creating your energy, there's actually a branch of medicine called psychoneuroimmunology that asserts that there is a connection between your thoughts and your emotions in your body, the vibrations that go on throughout your body's systems, which are your emotions and your body system responses, like your immune response. So by extension, I could say when you are spinning out, freaking out, you're thinking thoughts that are scary. Because remember, coronavirus isn't scary. You are having scary thoughts. That's what's scaring you. Okay, when you're imagining these things happening in your mind, it's possible somebody could say that maybe the body's immune system is actually being negatively impacted as well, especially if it's on a chronic full-time basis where you're constantly, constantly wearing down emotionally is emotional very separate from physical? If it's all in one body, zipped up and packaged all into one. 
So that's another way to look at it as well. Circumstance number three you might be finding yourself in is your husband working from home. This sounds glamorous at first, and maybe it has been for the first little while, but I will say that it can also add some new dynamics, a little bit of uh, too many cooks in the kitchen (laughs) for a mom who's used to kind of having her say with the kids all day and disciplining the way she does and getting into a routine. I know that might be crazy for some of you to imagine, because you're especially if you just have one baby and your baby's really young. You're like, no, I love it when my husband's home. And I actually do love it when my husband's home. And sometimes I feel a little bit more, this is all in my head too, restriction or need to communicate. And it takes just more energy to have one more adult whose opinion matters to me and I want to consider and all of that. So just um, notice that your brain could go from hot to cold with husband working from home. You could love it and then you could hate it. So just remember that I said that. And whenever that does happen, if you find yourself complaining about something that you used to be so excited about, just notice that that's your brain. Okay. And you can actually redirect those thoughts. I would recommend gratitude. I would recommend gratitude and maybe just open yourself up to learning something from the way he does things. Hopefully he's, you know, I mean, he's probably in his office just doing work, Um, And I don't mean to say that dads just get in the way or anything like that. Like, again, that's what I'm saying. Maybe you could actually have some really cool moments at home that while they may take a little bit more planning or communication are also really special um, with the coronavirus happening and a lot of people working from home. Okay. Had a whining puppy. So I've actually got her on my lap. Little Pearl is here. If you hear any cute little licks and snorts or whatever she does. She's here on my lap with me tonight. Okay, so the next circumstance I wanted to talk about is canceled school, right? (laughs) So I've been homeschooling since December, the middle of December. So I've had some time to transition and go from the mindset that we have as a mom of a public school kid to doing school at home. Now, whether you're doing school at home while school is off or not, I'm not sure. Might depend from school to school, parent to parent. But your brain might want to feel really overwhelmed right now. Right? It's possible that I'm right about that for many of us. Um, you might feel overwhelmed. You might feel very unsure. You might also be comparing your levels of patience to when they were in school and you might be quite disgusted or disappointed with your ability to get through an entire day that uh, normally would be with them in school. Or you could be like, heavens, I think I want to homeschool. It's amazing. (laughs) Wherever that circumstance finds you, again, remember that it is your thoughts. It's all in your thoughts. So I want to share an example today. We, so, okay, last night we got home. It was actually this morning at 3 a.m., about three in the morning. We get home and the puppy was asleep in the car, as were the kids. The kids went to bed pretty easily. The older two wanted to say hi to the puppy and watch her explore our house for the first time because we picked her up in Arizona. Um, But then they went to bed, but the puppy was like not taking a hint. 
and she was up a lot. So I don't think my husband and I went to bed till about four, four thirty maybe. And then I proceeded to wake up at seven because the puppy was awake, which is fine. I got to sleep in the car probably for two and a half hours. So altogether I'm doing okay. Husband, I let him sleep in so I could take care of the puppy. But the point being, I was a little overwhelmed in the morning today. I was like, okay, got a new puppy. The kids are so excited to play with her and the house is completely messy. I mean, that's sort of an overstatement, but, um, we had suitcases, some laundry that could be done and all of this on top of wanting to homeschool a little bit, the coronavirus going on as well as husband needing to get right back to work since he'd been gone. He's a contracted employee because he runs a business part-time and then works part-time. So it's not like we were getting paid while we took that vacation off, you know, so things like that. It was like, okay, all of a sudden I'm in this by myself with the kids and the dog and I have no idea how to control the kids playing with the dog. They've never been this excited. We're all back home now. They've never been um, in our home with the puppy. And they were, quite frankly, smothering her a bit. And so I had to kind of figure out some solutions pretty quickly, unless I wanted to be screaming my head off, which I did a little bit of that. But I actually took a moment you know, got in my head in a good way. I was like, Hey, what am I thinking? Cause I found myself on my phone, like in overwhelm, just kind of wanting to a little bit, just ask myself over and over, like, how is this going to look? How am I going to do this? And then I was just decided to be like, no, I've got this. Like I can do this. This is the way that I support my kids. This is the way that I take care of what is mine. And from that place, I just started to observe and I was like present as I observed my kids. And so then I was able to discipline or direct or set some rules. We actually made a few rules with the puppy. So when it comes to the schooling or just the being with your children at home, especially if you're choosing not to go out at all during this time, um, just notice that your brain might want to sit in more unproductive emotions because it's easy. And because finding an actual brand new solution to a brand new situation takes calories and energy from your brain and your brain likes to be at rest, do things that it's always done and stay efficient. It also doesn't like anything that might threaten your health or security. And so unfortunately, like you'd be like, oh, there's a coronavirus. Let's figure out some solutions. But the brain on its more default mode is just more prone to just freak out and kind of run through all of the hypothetical, like the, the way that it thinks it's helping you is by running through all of the possible terrible outcomes that could happen and having you prepare from a place of complete fear and utter terror, <laughs> right? Maybe that's been you. That's just your brain. That is what your brain is going to do in its efforts to protect you. It's just not very effective, unfortunately, right? It's like an outdated algorithm and we have to manual. This is what coaching is, is we manually go in and kind of update the way your brain processes emotions and the way your brain talks to you, the way your brain is making decisions from this place of antiquated, very primal fear. 
Ooh, that was a really good description of what coaching is, but totally that's what it is. And I, um, have heard my mentor, Brooke Castillo in the, the, she's the co-founder of the life coach school I certified through. And she created the model, which is the main tool that I use with my clients. And, um, she has said many times how our brain hasn't caught up to our society. Like the brain existed for a long time, like thousands of years, uh, in one setting, which was more nature and manual labor. And now within just the last hundred years, everything has shifted. And so it makes sense that we're still kind of grappling as humans with living the way we do. We see a lot of anxiety. We see a lot of depression. We see a lot of life coaches and we see a lot of people hiring life coaches. And there's a reason for that. So mark my words, you can handle the kids if you're thinking the right thoughts and you cannot handle the kids with this extended time with them. If you're thinking thoughts that give you emotions that do not allow you to handle them. Okay. So some of the emotions that you're not going to want to be feeling and are overwhelm, fear, frustration, which by the way, you probably are feeling all of those. So just, um, the way I like to help my clients through things like this is, um, to take a piece of paper and download your thoughts. Like I can do this in my mind without actually getting out the piece of paper because I've just coached myself and been coached so many times that I can, I just know how to talk to myself differently. But until you have that more metacognitive skill, um, just take a piece of paper and put your thoughts on it. And I feel like Beyonce, put a ring on it, like put your thoughts on it. And you just look at that paper and you just see it. And the like the funny thing is because it's outside of your brain, it sounds so simple, right? But it's, it's like you have more leverage over those thoughts instantly because you're reading them back. And for some reason we can just see them more objectively when they're out of our head versus when they're in our head, they just run the show. They feel all important. They just feel true. When they're out of our head, it's so much easier to step back and be an observer of those thoughts and gain some awareness about what feelings they're creating and what actions they're making us take and how they're running the show. Um, so if you like your thoughts, it's fine. Keep them, let them run the show. But if you don't, you can definitely just do a thought download and brain spill for a few minutes and you will be amazed at how it helps. Even if you don't run a single model, you, you know, you don't pick a thought and put it in a model. Even if you don't do anything else, you just look at what you are thinking. That awareness alone will then change the way you witness your own thoughts and change their power over you going forward. So I highly recommend that for my mamas and friends who are struggling in postpartum anxiety at this time. All right. The next circumstance I wanted to address is watching the news. This is, this could be a trigger one for some of you. I actually have not watched a single shred of news, not a single clip, not a YouTube video, nothing on a, since all of this has been happening. I prefer to pick up the news. I do quote, watch the news. I just don't prefer the sensationalized media who's, you know, I, okay. I shouldn't say sensationalized. Cause I really do feel like there are such good people in the media trying to bring the truth and helpful information to the public to prevent the spread of this virus, for example, in this specific context. So I do not have this assumption that media is all bad. That being said, I want to take a quick look right at media that it's a business. Okay. CNN, 
Fox News. These are businesses and they have systems that require them to make money. And part of the way they make money is through a certain amount or number of, of viewings, ratings, whatever you want to call them. I'm not a TV industry pro. I don't have the jargon. So just notice that because your brain just wants to take it as the truth a lot of times because it's easy, right? They're just putting it out there on a silver platter. Like the easy thing to do is to just believe them because they're the news. Like that's what they say. But just remember too that they are a business and that, and I feel so icky saying this, but like it could be true because I don't know if it is. I'm not going to say that it is, but it is worth your time and attention to even just think about it. Even if you decide, no, that's not true and you leave it, it still kind of shakes things up in your brain enough to, again, draw upon your powers of awareness, which give you leverage and give you closer access to what is actually truth for you, for the universe, all of it. So um, it's possible too that the more they dramatize, again, not saying they are, but if they were to do that, it could help their ratings. It could help them make more money. There might even be personnel, employees, um, journalists that are um, going to get bonuses. Who knows, right? If they are able to you know, do this much or have this much effect on the public through their coverage of the coronavirus. So all I'm saying is the news is neutral and your thoughts about it will affect how you take it in. And I just want you to maybe take a moment to, just like we look at statistics, right? And we I've been trained. I, I majored in family studies. We did a lot of research papers, a lot of research, a lot of statistics. You always want to um, be careful when people are interpreting statistics and explaining them because a lot of liberties can be taken that are not necessarily represented in the statistic itself. And so as an adult, as somebody who's leading children and a family through this, you want to make sure that you are doing that you're taking responsibility for finding the truth and for understanding what's going on and that you're not delegating that to a news broadcaster lady in New York city or wherever, because she may or may not have your family's best interests as close at heart as you do. So I hope that is kosher. It feels good to me. I don't, you know, I'm not, I appreciate the news people and I'm not meaning to call them out in any way. Um, But ultimately, yeah, you finding out what's really true is your responsibility. And just notice that when you are in the dramatic flurry of thoughts that tend to come to us when we watch the video clippings and all the things they show us on the news, it's so easy for your brain to run away into that world of hypothetical and worst case scenario. Um, But just remember, it's your responsibility to find the truth. No one's going to do that for you because nobody cares about you and your family as much as you do. Okay, next item of business, we're going to talk about health real quick. Um, Some of you may already be aware of some of these things, but maybe not. So the first thing I want to say is if you're using more sanitizers and antiviral cleaning wipes, right, 
with a lot of uh, alcohol and just stuff, you know, whatever stuff is in there, (laughs) just notice that those things can sometimes wear down your healthy microbiome, like the good bacteria that you have going on in your body that's actually helping to keep you safe, helping your immune system to respond quickly. And that's the last thing you want, right? So while I am totally uh, pro-antibacterial um, you know, sanitizers and stuff, I also want you to know that if you're going to be using a lot of that, those products, unless they are probiotic-based products that already have probiotics in them, right? If they're microbiome sensitive, which is probably pretty rare. I buy stuff like that, (laughs) right? But um, if you're just buying the typical stuff from the grocery store or Costco, you're going to want to make sure you're taking some probiotics and giving some to your kids. Um, You know, just stuff like in yogurt or actually just getting the probiotic that you see at the store. Um, doTERRA has, I don't know if whoever, if you don't know what doTERRA is, it's a health and wellness essential oil and supplement company that I partner with whenever I want to get natural stuff. And so they have a probiotic that is perfect because it's time released. So it makes it through the stomach acid and actually gets into your intestines. And so that's for adults. And then they have, um, really yummy probiotics that you just dump into your kid's yogurt or you dump them into anything really that your kid wants to drink or eat. Um, they taste good. Actually, my kids like them just plain and they're, they're really good. Like I sometimes take them if I don't have time to do my own thing. So if you want some of those, I'll put the links to those in the show notes. Um, but just make sure you up your probiotics if you're upping your hand sanitizer. And then I know this is so redundant, but wash your hands. Um, hopefully you're not thinking twice about doing that, but I swear, like I shouldn't say I swear, but my kids haven't been getting sick. I'm like, knock on wood this winter very much. And I do think part of it's homeschooling, but also we go out a lot, even though we are homeschooling, like we do a lot of school out and about learning opportunities at the park or at seriously, like a lunch break at McDonald's in between our other errands or whatever. And I'm just, my kids know when they walk in the door, they take off their shoes and they wash their hands. And if you could actually use this time to make that a habit, not just during coronavirus, but always, you'd be kind of surprised. And while I'm on the subject of hand washing, I use a, so soaps contain a lot of hormone, like the really cheap soaps that we love to buy because they're so cheap and easy. They can actually contain a lot of stuff that messes with your hormones um, and your microbiome. So if you're trying to get pregnant, you want to be making sure you're watching, you know, just use really natural soaps. Um, And I don't know like all the things to watch out for in soaps. I just know that some of the cheaper, lower grade, whatever you want to call it, soaps can kind of wear down um, your immunity and mess with your hormones. I know that's crazy, right? Because it's just on your hands, but it does get absorbed. So I use doTERRA's On Guard soap, and this has been a game game changer. I actually also use their toothpaste. I know if you're a Young Living person, it's Thieves. Um, I have nothing against Young Living. I mean, I'm sure my fellow doTERRA reps want to cringe when I say that. I don't. I just don't know enough to criticize. I do know that I love doTERRA, and you can search down to the lot number you know, of like what was harvested and what was used and put in the bottle that you're using. And 
It's 100% potent, pure medical grade. They're used in hospitals. Like, but again, I don't bash Young Living or any other distributing company. Um, I, I will go ahead and bash <laughs> over-the-counter oils just because essential oils are an unregulated industry. And I am, I am a life coach in an unregulated industry. It's great. There's a lot of pros to unregulated industries because there could be a lot of growth really quickly. But um, people in business in these kinds of industries can also take advantage. Now, in coaching, that's harder to do because if you don't get people results, they're not going to hire you. But with oils, um, it's not just maybe not as clear of results, but it's also could be hurting your body because some... Uh, kind of over-the-counter oils will put fillers and things in them. So if you're going to be using oils, get them from a reputable company. Come talk to me if you want some from me. I love, like I will tell you, it's kind of a passion project. I don't do doTERRA for the money. <laughs> okay, that's what my coaching business does. And my coaching is awesome. I love it. I do doTERRA because I want more people to, I like to educate people. I'm kind of a health junkie. It's like a hobby. So I will take you under my wing. And if you're trying to get started being more natural, more microbiome conscious and all these things that are sort of new, newer when it comes to mainstream Western medical stuff, I'm happy to give you, connect you to some great resources, get you set up with some oils or whatever else you want to do, even just chit chat. So reach out to me. I'm, you can just email me, lizlangstoncoaching at gmail.com. Okay. So washing hands, brushing teeth, you can try to put oils into that if you want to, but just do it regularly. Last but not least on the health side of things is eating foods that are immune boosting. Why not, right? Why not? Again, like we have so much time to ourselves right now. Instead of freaking out, we could use this time to really think about how we eat on the regular and use this time as a a time to not just be scared and be using sanitizers and more hand washing because we're scared, but also because we want to care for our bodies and use this opportunity to heighten our awareness to our health all, all together. Um, because who's to say this is the last one of these crazy random viruses that pops up, right? We had the swine flu, we had H1M1 or whatever. I don't even remember what it was called. So, um, it's worth our time and attention now minus the freak out to kind of work on some of these things. So foods that are really awesome to eat that will help boost your immunity are the number one. So I just got this from an article on healthline.com and I will put the link in the show notes too, because it was pretty succinct and pretty straightforward. And I liked it. Citrus, um, red bell peppers. Those are both really high in vitamin C and vitamin C helps increase your supply of white blood cells, which helps fight infection. Broccoli and the less cooked, the better. So maybe steamed, or just raw, if you can handle it. I cannot. I'm sorry. I just do roasted broccoli. <laughs> um, garlic. I, I just dumped a ton of garlic on top of our broccoli and cauliflower tonight when I roasted it. Um, so, and then turmeric, which doTERRA actually has awesome turmeric capsules so that you don't have to taste it. They have turmeric essential oil, which I own. It is whew, quite something, that one. <laughs> so I would recommend it in capsule form and it's very anti-inflammatory and very helpful for immunity. Um, so yeah, did I already say broccoli? Yeah. And I'll include the link to that article so you can look at the rest of them. There's even more listed there. Just be thinking about that. Notice though, I want to take a minute, notice how much you haven't thought of these, these things, these strategies that I'm talking about, right? If you've been spinning in freak out and hypothetically imagining the worst case scenario, of course, you're not really going to be thinking about this stuff. 
So I want to just say there is a cost to fear. If you didn't notice, fear is indulgent. Just like there's an, there's a cost to eating a cookie, right? It ups your insulin. It messes with your hunger hormones, like the ghrelin and the leptin and whatever, and you gain weight and fat is put into storage and it's not used. There's costs to a cookie, but that doesn't mean you always need to not eat one, right? And sometimes it serves, I guess, maybe to eat something like that. Um, Same with fear. And so you just notice there is a cost to fear. It is affecting your body and your mind and your actions, and you are not able to access the best, most creative, resourceful parts of yourself and the spiritually grounded and calming parts of yourself, the reassuring parts of yourself, the brave and courageous parts of yourself when you are in fear. So those are all costs to fear I want you to consider. Okay, the last place I wanted to go for today's episode, coronavirus 2020, um, I wanted to just share a few thoughts that I love that make me feel happy and um, yeah. So one of them is, A lot of them say trust, which I think trust is the opposite of fear, like faith, I guess. Um, I, I trust, I like to call him heavenly father, God. Okay. That might be a different word or a different outlet for you, but I do trust that God is watching and that he, he knows what's going on that he, that like, just because he's not going to come down and totally intervene doesn't mean that he isn't aware. And as we exercise our faith, we can call down blessings upon our heads and our families. So trusting in him, I trust that he's there and he's willing to help um, his faithful sons and daughters through this and give, inspire you with ideas that are unique, that are just perfect for your family that nobody else could have thought of that come from heaven to you when you are willing to um, let go of fear and start to trust. I trust that some people's faith will be awakened through this experience. I like to imagine that and think about the repercussions for many people who might decide after this experience, like they need a faith or they need to talk to God again and get on their knees and pray. Like, I love that idea. I trust that this health dilemma dilemma will improve our government preparedness and kind of click it into gear. Um, there's some there, right? But that it could improve that in our healthcare system. Maybe even this health dilemma will keep our healthcare system on their toes. Um, I also like to think that this is going to sway many Americans who are otherwise sort of sleepy in their personal healthcare to wake up and take responsibility. And I like that. I really do. A little fire under us. Yeah, there are some bad and scary things with the coronavirus. I don't, I don't love that people are dying. I don't love how contagious it is. Um, but I do trust in some of these really good things. I trust. Um, so one thing I liked that I've been kind of bothered about today is like I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. I'm not freaking out. And yet, I'm inconvenienced by all the people who are and who are completely like overstocking and overbuying. Because their model that they're in, the F line is anxiety and terror. And I'm like, get it together, folks. No, I'm not really. I'm just mostly like, dang, now I feel like I need to go buy a bunch of stuff because they are. It's kind of like when the stock market crashes, like everyone pulls out. Some people it's because they think or believe that something's bad is happening. And other people it's like, well, everyone's pulling out. So I got to pull out, you know, my money out of the stock market. And so, um, I just, uh, I do trust in people sharing supplies with those who may need them 
more than they do if or when the time comes. And I just choose to believe that. It may not be true always, but I remember with 9-11, like when that struck this country, beauty was shown in there were heroes, true heroes, everyday people. I do have faith in people. I, I have faith that when it comes down to it and as it gets closer to home, that people will sometimes, some people, open up their hearts if they need to and be generous. And I already see that. Like doTERRA, the company that I get my health stuff, some of my health stuff through, they donated like tons of money to China when it was going through China. Like, and not just people, but companies like that. There's so many amazing platforms for people to do good right now and for it to be an opportunity to share light with one another and connect with one another. And I do see that. And I do choose to focus on that. I trust the medical professionals that I have access to. I'm grateful for insurance, which basically allows me and my loved ones to get every possible measure of healthcare needed if that virus were to hit our household. I feel comforted that things like this have been prophesied since biblical times. So basic knowledge here, maybe for some, maybe not for others, but prophets like Moses, uh, <laughs> drawn a blank, okay, Noah, Old Testament, New Testament, we had Jesus, who technically was a prophet. I also believe that he's the son of God, so he's a special prophet in that case, but he was technically a prophet as well, um, have always been called to be God's mouthpiece on the earth. And no different, and especially in today's day and age, we need one. We have one, President Russell M. Nelson. Now, whether you're like, that's cute, Lizzie, that's your belief or not, that's totally fine. I don't mean to push this on anyone. What I want to say, though, is that I feel comforted that God does talk to us still. And that um, whether you like to believe that that's just very individual, or you believe it's through your preacher, or I believe it's through a modern day prophet, when you believe that God speaks to you, you will be able to hear him and connect with him. And I like to trust that he does speak to us through prophets, through seers and revelators, and that we can know his will. I'm excited in April of 2020, so coming up here soon, the first weekend in April, um, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gathers and hears from the prophet as well as like the 12 apostles and all the things. And at a time like this, even if you're a different religion, like it is such an uplifting conference. Um, you will not hear people try to convince you to, it's not like a marketing scheme. Okay. Where it's, it's totally for members and non-members alike. I mean, it's definitely more geared towards members of the church. So just be aware of that, but it's not anything that would, you know, be like really exclusive or not easy to understand for the most part. And it's just really, really spiritual people coming together and it's rooted in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's going to address um, modern things such as the coronavirus, I'm sure. So if you are kind of grasping for a spiritual way, you know, just more on the spiritual side of things, right? Like if you feel very grounded through spiritual stuff and don't have access or want more access to um, spiritual leadership uh, related to the coronavirus, I totally invite you. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes. You can view that conference as well. Okay. 
last but very much not least, I love that I have a coach. So I just hired a new coach for myself, ended, ended my package with my old one and hired a new one and I'm excited about it. And we meet weekly and I love coaching and I'm a student of coaching. So I love coaching people. I'm a coach, but my first love before I ever became certified and before I ever had the capacity to coach others was being coached. That's where I fell in love, met and fell in love with the art and science of life coaching. And I mean, I, I was like pre MFT. I wanted to do, or a master's in social work maybe. And I've always had a heart for this, but anyway, I love that I have a soft place to take my messiest, most vulnerable moments relating to any of this, my fears, you know, even the things I'm ashamed of. And she can, from a neutral place, help me to grow stronger through it, to give purpose to the pain. She can help me to um, grow closer to God through it, through any of these things that we're going through. And so I do want to invite you, like, if this has just set you off and you feel like you're in no man's land, like you are just um, really upset by the coronavirus um, and you're also in shock of how quickly and easily you went off into anxiety. Um, first of all, I want you to know that you're not alone and many people don't feel like talking about how freaked out they are, but they are. So it's okay. You're not, you're not alone. And the only difference between where you are and where maybe I have been able to be, and I don't mean to say that, uh, in a self-promoting sort of way, but like if you, if this podcast episode has helped you, like the only difference or the only way I'm able to even come up with this stuff and like be calm right now is because of coaching. Well, I mean, I'm very spiritual. So you guys always know God is in the picture too, but specifically like just the tweaking of my thoughts, the awareness in my thoughts to, um, help myself be able to be grounded and calm and to feel like I can hear and receive inspiration and revelation. It's like unlike anything and coaching is such a helpful tool to get to that place. So if you're postpartum and you're struggling and this has kind of made everything worse and exacerbated the anxiety and worries you already had going and it's getting to the point where it feels heavy, it feels uncomfortable, you're not able to keep your mind focused on daily tasks. It just feels like it's messing with your functioning. Maybe you're not eating. Maybe you're just, you don't even recognize yourself. You're kind of going crazy. Get coaching. Come find me. At least book a consult. The, you know, I give free 60 minute consults and I can help you. And if not, hopefully this episode helped you as well. All right. Take care you guys. I know you will. And we'll talk to you next week with a regular episode. Hey, Lizzie here. If you've been struggling and you're ready for more help, I want to invite you to book a consult with me. I offer free hour-long consults where we go over what's not working, your vision for the future of your motherhood, and how I would help you given my tools and expertise. To schedule your free consult, visit my booking page at go.oncehub.com forward slash Lizzie Langston. I fully believe that you can get to where you want to go. I'll see you on the console.